Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John gets into a fight with his brother and chases down some teenage boys like a modern-day vigilante. Meanwhile, I visit a sarcastically named walk-in clinic and reveal the perfect defense against getting mugged. Plus a conversation about what it really means to be blessed. Today's episode is not sponsored by Bed Bath & Beyond, when life hands you linens. But first, a word from our actual sponsor. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast, to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Summer, 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 summertime. Let's talk about that. Let's just sit back and unwind. Do you have a Will Smith like summertime playlist from the nineties? I had the CD. Uh, I had the uh, it was a it was a or a casingle maybe I even had the, maybe I've had the casingle casingle. Remember wow. when those? Yeah, a cassette tape of a single song. Yeah, and it would be like a buck or two. Yeah, I loved summertime. Yeah, love it. Although I, I did pick out the other day that there are some inconsistencies in the song. Oh, really? Do you like, like he, to share about those? Well, he's talking in the second verse mm-hmm. about my way. My life, my wife loved it when I did this on our staycation. Where you dissect song. songs? Yeah, it was like he's saying that he goes to the barbecue. Yeah, and then he goes and plays ball, mm-hmm. and then they're going to go out cruising. And he's like, and so you know, you just finished. You just finished wiping the the car. You just spent all day wiping down. Right. And you're um, like, well, you've not because you've been at other places. You were out buying shoes at the mall. I think mm-hmm. he said. Then you were at a barbecue. Right. Then, like, how is it possible you were wiping down your car all day? I uh-huh. want answers. Or you spent all day waxing. That's what it was. Waxing, yeah. Wiping, too. Maybe it was the day before, though. I don't know, Johnny. I think you're giving him too much credit. Like, I just, I'm just saying the timeline doesn't line up for me. And We I, want answers, Will. <laughs> I want Will to come on. I feel like it's a good time to come at him in a very 
you know. <laughs> Just interrogate Will. I think he's ready for he that. Seems, I yeah. imagine that right now he probably would have a calmer response than before. Was that the Oscars or the Emmy? No, it was the, the Oscars. Oh, the Oscars. That was the Academy Awards. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you go up and you hit one guy in the face on live television. Everybody freaks out. Yeah. I mean, I will say this. If any of us normal people would have done that, mm-hmm. we'd have been arrested. Yeah. How do right. you, don't you feel like, I, I think about that sometimes. Like I can just tell you about the times I've hit people. <laughs> have you ever been in a fight? Like a real fight? No. Really? My brother and I got into a one Like day, fists? No, I jumped him on the driveway. I was probably 15. You jumped him? I was probably 15. He was That's like hilarious. 17. I jumped him in the driveway. We were having an argument about something. I said, don't say it that. It sounds like you're in a back alley. <laughs> we waited for him to come in the corner, and then we jumped him. I jumped him from the front, I guess. Yeah. But I was like, hey. Well, that's not jumping him. That's not. I was like, hey, don't say that again. Okay. And then he said it again. And then I just leapt on him, you know? But it was more like a, I'm not, it's one of those, like, I wasn't going to just, punch him right in his nose like i just yeah but we were you know the wrestling on the ground and the gravel kind of thing um, well that's not no wrestling on the gravel's not no it wasn't great great no the gravel's doing all the punching yeah you know if you're rolling on gravel those are like a little tiny uh, fists of fury <laughs> little tiny fists of fury but i don't like hurting people yeah except for your brother I didn't like, no, I think if I really wanted to hurt him, I would have, you know. My brother used to do this thing because I was always the big twin, okay? Yeah. So I always could beat him in a fight. So he would say horrible things and we would say horrible things to each other. And then he would run from me because if I got a hold of him, it's over. Yeah. He would run. He would lay down on the bed and just start bicycle kicking. Oh. You can't get in there. No. Those kicks are going in the air and then... You lean in uh-huh. to get a shot in. You take a foot right to the face. It's pretty brilliant. It is. Yeah, that's a... It's almost like a foot nunchucks. Like he's just whirling like a helicopter blade like at you. Half of a praying mantis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like a kicking mantis. mantis. <laughs> a bicycling mantis. <laughs> anyway, that's the perfect... If you're a smaller person, yeah. the bicycle kick on the on your back... Like if you're, we in, should teach that in self defense classes. Right. If you're walking down the street in New York, and yeah, I got comes, my wallet, and you yeah. just flop on the ground and start kicking just in the start air. Kicking, man. They'll either think like there's no way I'm getting this person's wallet, or they're going to run away thinking you've lost your mind. Right. Right. And yeah. you need something to be yelling or saying at the same time. Like, yeah. I don't know. Kicking mantis, kicking mantis. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, some kind of yeah, like an incantation. They go, this person's not stable. There's probably nothing in this wallet. <laughs> It's what you want them to think. Like, even if I get their wallet, right. it's probably like a Sam's Club card and that's it. Yeah. The only problem with the mugging yeah. scenario is that generally if you get mugged, there's a weapon involved. And in that case, now if you have a knife, they still can't get to you. Maybe they could try to cut your feet. Uh, but if they have a gun, you're a little out of luck. Cause you my- just brought kicking to a gun show. Wait. Wait. To a gunfight. Yeah. You just brought kicking mantis to a gunfight. Yeah. <sighs> As the old saying goes. (laughs) (laughs) If the the mugger said that, you know what, boy? Yeah. You just brought kicking mantis to a gunfight. Yeah. Whatever. I I think he would stop and be like, you know what? I was going to mug you, but I respect this. (laughs) I think he would come to like a a mutual agreement that day. Do you in your mind ever think about how you could win over some unreasonable situation that others can't? Maybe. Yeah. I don't think I think about it in the moment, but I just know that it's got me out of many a jam. The fact that I can diffuse awkward situations yeah. before they become tense. 
Um, and I know it's it served me well. It's probably got me into a jam or two because I sometimes I just say things because I go, well, I'll get out of this. I can say the weird thing that nobody would say, and then I'll get out of it with another thing. Yeah. Uh, so I've probably got myself into as many jams with my mouth, too, but I've definitely talked my way out of weird stuff. Well, in the youth pastor world and the teacher world, there was a lot of breaking things up. Yeah. And so, yeah, you kind of – but it gives you a false sense of security a little bit. Yeah. Because I will – I told you the other night we were watching um, Little Mermaid and mm-hmm. – and you, three and, teenage boys came in right. and yelled like a racial slur. And I got up. Mm-hmm. I realized just instinctively. And then they ran. You know, they came in, said something stupid. And, and did ran. you chase them? I got up and walked out to go find them. Yeah. I was like, and as I'm doing, I'm going. What's your end game? What's what you your plan? Do? You know, they're not in your youth group. They're bigs. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, what yeah. are you, you're not a law enforcement officer. You have no yeah. authority here. You're just. You uh, can't outrun them. They're just going to run. Hey now. <laughs> There's no way you catch them. Why would they run? <laughs> They're going to look at you, yeah. and you're going to run. But I mean, What I, if they all flopped on their back and started kicking their oh feet in gosh. the air? If they did like a group kicking mantis? Yeah. Bro. Ir- ironically, that's probably how the Little Mermaid would have fought off an attacker, too. That's true. Crip you know? kick is what she would have called it. Yeah. <laughs> the old fin to the face. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so you didn't catch him? You, um, didn't, you didn't... So I walked out. There was a guy standing out there that looked about my age and looked like he had seen... I go, did you see some guys come out here? He goes... He kind of gave me the look like, yeah. Oh, they've been in other theaters. Like, they're in that theater now. Oh, boy. And so... So they're just... They're rabble rousers. So I saw they came out and kind of ran... And he goes, that's them. And they, they came out and ran out the, the exit to the mm. theater. So I could have chased him into the parking lot, but... Look here, sir! Like, what am I going to do? Yeah, at some point... Now you're the adult that's like chasing kids right. around. It's going to get weird. They were not. I mean, they were probably 16, 17. Oh, okay. They could have taken me easily. Yeah. As, so I was going to say three, three 16 year olds. Know, strapping young men. and They and, could take you down. But my goal wasn't to fight. I don't know what my. I think there's always that like. You want to teach them a I'm lesson. Gonna, I think I'm just going to reach them. I don't know. There's oh. like some. Hey, guys, come on. That's not a pro. We're trying to have a civilization here. Yeah. Like, have you guys read my book, Not So Black and White? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Give me your email addresses. I'll send you a link. No, you have one handy. You go. (laughs) Yoink. I think you're going to, like, use it as a weapon. You're like, no, no, no. Seriously, read this. Read this, guys. Um, Yeah. I I did have a situation. My weapon is knowledge, (laughs) children. (laughs) Hey, young. Could you say young people? Young people. Young people. Why? There was a situation, and I'll have to purposely vague oh, okay where there was a racial thing that i was in, i was present for that was escalating mm-hmm. that was that i had authority because it was near my property right you know and that was a situation i did get involved in and broke stuff like hey this is not happening here yeah and made people leave and you know they had interesting conversations with both sides mm-hmm. in the aftermath you know um so I do think that there there are times where a peacemaker, which is interesting. I've been listening to Lectio, as you know. Yeah. And Lectio 365, which I wish they were a sponsor because they're amazing. Uh, if you guys don't listen to that, go to Lectio 365. We should reach out to sponsors we want. Yeah. Like. Not that we don't want the sponsors we have. We love them. We do. Uh, in fact, this would be a great time. <laughs> <laughs> To feature them, uh, yeah, because we want to hear what they have. They to say. help us pay the bills, you guys. Yeah, thank you guys. So, hey, take a listen here to a few of our sponsors.
But I was listening to Lectio, which is what you got to do. You listen to Lectio. Right. You can read it, mm-hmm. but if you push the play button. But it's a it's a more meditative. Yeah, there's there's like pads and music behind it, yeah. and there's different voice. And plus, you know, people with Irish and British accents and right. Whatnot. There was a lady reading on the the last few weeks. Like her Scottish brogue was so. Like, yeah, I couldn't understand some of the words. Like, it was, oh, nice. Like, okay, that's what you want when you're great. when you're talking when about you're, the Bible. You want more confusion, correct? And no, I mean, I got it. I was like, oh, okay, but it was. Yeah. I mean, it was really mm-hmm. something else for an American English speaker. Yeah, but um, that there was Lecta was talking about. Uh, it, it was about blessed are the peacemakers. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I happened to be reading another book. Uh, called Misreading Scripture Through Western Eyes. Oh, it's a good one, guys. Mis- yeah. Misreading Scripture. We've talked about it on the podcast once, Western once or twice yeah. before. And he talked about how, like, the translation of the word blessed, you know, or mm-hmm. blessed are the peacemakers, and, like, how that's the English word, and some translations even take it to happy. Yeah. Because it's the best thing, but it has this in the Hebrew slash even Greek culture, which Jesus would have been speaking in Aramaic. Like, it... it had a a much broader application and that in the English language it's like we want to we need like hey what does that mean give mm-hmm. me the one thing that means yeah when in, in, in and we want even to steer away from passive tense it's like if you're in English or history writing in school then your teachers gonna be like oh, wait you, you instead of saying you know um, the treaty was signed by all of the parties they would want you to say the parties signed the treaty. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, so that get quickly get to the point and how then the translators in English over the years then are constantly because this way English works, they're removing passive tense and they're also trying to, we want like the answer, like boil down to what right. does this mean? When actually blessed has this whole bigger connotation to it. It's not like you get a blessing. What we think of that is transactionally. Yeah. We go, Oh, be a peacemaker. You get a blessing and yeah. you get a blessing, you know, and like in, in that we kind of see it that way, as opposed to what probably Jesus meant by that. And the hearers in the original language of understand is all of these things in the beatitudes, like when this life is lived this way, there are blessings that, are happening from the lifestyle. Like, not just in addition to, like, here, we see blessing as a reward, right? Mm-hmm. Almost like, no, no, no. That is blessing. That is right. contentment. Peacemakers have this. Yeah, it's like the, we always say, like, it's better to give than to receive, but that's not what it is. It's more blessed to give than to receive, but the blessing is that you got to give. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're thinking, like, it's better to give than receive because now we well, might get a little receive, transactional right? thing. Yeah, it's such a – but, like, I've been in a position to to give into so many ministries and so many people in need. And over the course of my life, I was raised by a mother who's founded a ministry. And literally, we would have – she worked third shift at a radio station before, we found, before she founded the group home ministry, housing ministry. And sometimes she would just – come home with a person like a homeless person. And she'd be like, you're bunking with your brother tonight. And I would go into his room and the three of us boys would share a room and we would have a random homeless person in my bedroom. 
Or she would hear about somebody that needed their light bill paid. They would call and say, would you please pray for me? And she'd be like, okay. And then when the, when the call went in, she'd be like praying for them. And then she'd be like, keep them on the line. And she would get their name and their account number. And then on her way home, she would go pay the person's light bill. Yeah. So like my mom was <laughs> painfully broke until the day she died. And I know this because I was responsible for all of her debt. Yeah. When she did die, I was the one who had to like send the death certificate to places so they would waive her <laughs> her debts. Uh-huh. And uh, so, but she was one of the most blessed people I ever was ever around. Yeah. Because she knew she had found the secret. Hmm. She had unlocked it. So I just, it, it was important. That was a huge part of my upbringing was that like we're, we, we keep an eye out for places where we can be a blessing to people. It was just part of the way that I was raised, you know. But if I was to look at it as like, and then she got rich because of all the things she get. No. If anything, the world would look at her as a doormat. Yeah. If you looked at her through like secular eyes. There, you she know, wasn't blessed. Right. Right. Yeah. She didn't get her. She didn't get her just due. You know, she didn't finally. Nobody ever really recognized. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's that's how it works sometimes. But she knew and God knew. And I know now, you know, what I'm saying like, especially now in my 40s, I get so much more of the rich, like heritage of what she was doing. Yeah. You know, there's a depth to it. Well, she had a depth of joy. And I mean, again, she was a human with with issues. But I think you're right. One of the most blessed people I knew who was it. it, I get expanding that definition or, or really drilling down on what it means to us and then reclaiming it for mm-hmm. what it's supposed to be. I mean, you're exactly right. Like there is a, yeah, to be in a position to meet a need for somebody is a blessing, right? You it's know what the, I mean? It's the life in Christ. It's what Christ does. Like literally you get to do what he does. It's why we <laughs> feel that feeling when you go, I mean, I've short term missions has really come under fire over the last decade or so. And I think to some degree, there's probably a reason for some of that, that whole idea of like white savior mentality can take hold and all that. But to the degree that I believe in short term missions, it is that thing of like going someplace picking up a shovel and immediately being able to make a difference. And you have this feeling that comes over you and it's like, you're doing what you're meant to do in that moment. You know, there's even scripture that talks about that. And I think that when you unlock that for somebody as a teenager, maybe you take a youth group on a trip like that, you're maybe unlocking a thing in them that they'll take through the rest of their life where they start keeping their eyes peeled for other ways you hope. And it's not just going to be like, remember we did that thing we posed with a bunch of people who were less fortunate than us for Instagram photos. Hopefully, you hope it doesn't end there. You hope it becomes this thing that kind of fuses itself to their brain. You know? I think you're right. It it has a, the, again, the, the rightful criticisms of it, you know, obviously as money could be better spent given to locals and it, it ends up being a almost a vacation experience, you know, for privileged people who can afford it. There's merit because it can go too far to all of those arguments, but you're dead on right that what you can't replace is that feeling and experience that the whole goal would be that you take that back home Mm -hmm. and that you, in fact, we talk about all the time here that every day is a mission strip. It's one of our things around here that we, we got that from watermark church, but what if that feeling was actually your real life? Yeah. Like that you woke up who, who today and on a mission strip. The big thing is, is who did I help? Um, you're not too busy. We talked about that last week. You're not too busy being interrupted by a child while you're on the work site. 
Mm-hmm. If the kids that you're building the playground for run up to you, that's why you're there. Yeah. And you stop and find your, you don't even speak the same language. So suddenly all those introverted tendencies or, you know, awkward tendencies, right. you're like, you, you just go, you know, you go through them and pass them and, and it works out. So it's a, it's a fascinating, I think, to get people, Andrew's always really good about that. I want people to experience what that mm-hmm. is because I think you nailed it. This is what I was made to do. Yeah. I was made, even if I'm working a job, this is what I was made to do. And there is a, again, blessing is not an adequate word for it. There is a sense of joy, contentment, peace, hope, fulfillment, all these things that make blessing in our life. There's a sense of all those things that rise up within us. Yeah, you're unlocking a piece of like the divine identity that's wired into us when you're doing good. And, um, and obviously there's, yeah, there's a, there's a darkness in us that we want credit or we want things, but I just think I've seen, I've seen what giving can do to people and what the idea of blessing somebody when nobody's looking can do. And, uh, yeah, there's something to it, but, and then you're breaking up fights in movie theaters and chasing kids down. That does something to people. I made a big difference that day. You really did. Those kids. If they only knew if you got a hold of them, uh, grab them up by the shirt tail. My God. What do you think you're doing? <laughs> That's so funny. So yeah, funny. You were, yeah. You want to speak to a manager, basically. <laughs> it's fine. I rarely think anymore, Johnny, that I'm the answer to a problem. So I don't I even, that was instinctive to go yeah. check those guys out. But in, I don't think I'm the hero in the scene anymore. I think that's an evangelical thing and probably my own personality to think, oh, yeah, you know what this needs? John. Yeah. I want to show up and do a thing. And it's like, now I'm like, you know what? It probably doesn't. Just a dash of John. A little John will do you. (laughs) Work things out. I don't know. Uh, Usually what life does not need is a dash of John. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. John a day keeps the, I don't know. Uh, So I'm driving in rural like Indiana Uh a few weeks ago. And I saw this clinic and, uh, you know, these clinics are called like care now or whatever. Right. They all have the little names. Simply care. Yeah. This one, I couldn't get over the name of it. It was called well now. <laughs> and I thought that was just such a funny, <laughs> you walk- like depending on how you read it, it's pretty snarky. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, I got this, uh, I got this just, ulcer that won't. It's like when you walk in, they're already folding their arms. Oh, well now. <laughs> what seems to be the trouble? <laughs> Look who's playing hooky from work. Um, here. It's very accusatory. Try this HSA card. <laughs> well, now it is. It's um, very. So I thought of some other businesses. Okay. That could be snarkily named, uh, like uh, a dermatologist called. You might want to get that looked at. <laughs> and then, uh, like a like a palm reader, but it's called. Well, good luck with all that. <laughs> And then uh, a GPS app for your phone, and it's just called, Where Do You Think You're Going? Nice. Nice. And then finally, a clothing store called, Is That What You're Wearing? <laughs> I think that... Well, now, not a sponsor, but I, a real place. It's I, evidently a chain. I think that like this implied shame would be effective, actually, probably to draw people, especially for... Yeah, the it's a little anymore. like, yeah, maybe for this generation, because yeah. we've got a little bit of an edge to us. Yeah. Like, maybe I should. Yeah. Have you watched Inventing Anna on yeah. Netflix? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she did that, she would be so mean to you. What are you wearing? I can't do that. I can't do her half German. Half no, Russian don't do accent, it. It's a crazy. weird accent. Can't even believe the actor could do Duvernay, it. Duvernay, I think was her last name. 
But yeah, she was so she would put you on your heels by being aggressively. She they call it negging. You're being negative. Yeah. To get them back on their heels so they feel like they can't be negative back. Right. They have to they realize you're in control from the get-go. Yeah. She's a very diminutive person. Yeah. And so she would come in just guns blazing with negative energy. Yeah. And aggressive energy. And so it like, oh, well, I guess this person knows what they're doing. And it called it usually caused them to acquiesce to whatever she yeah. needed from them. But yeah. they didn't know that was happening. Right. Right. Well, that's like the the root of con man is confidence. Like, that's what it means. The yeah. con and con man is confidence. So like she you comes in with tell all, me twice. Johnny. That's right. <laughs> you just set me on a new career path. <laughs> all I needed this whole time was confidence. Maybe that's why I'm not a good scam artist. I have no confidence in myself. You know? Hey, uh, ma'am, uh, do you have uh, yeah. any extra? Hey, uh, would you want to invest debt? in this? They're like, no. I'm like, I, I figured so you would. And I knew it wouldn't work out. Yeah. You're just so, you have no degree of confidence in your con. Yeah, I've never had someone call me that didn't sound good at it. Mm-hmm. I guess if you've gotten that far that you're making the calls, mm-hmm. you probably have the confidence. It's, it's, par, it's par for the course. Even in what I do, obviously you have to have confidence on in what you're saying on stage, but I've developed it over the years. It took time. You know, it took time to develop that. It's not a... Um, I did not come by naturally. No, you didn't. Like, it's odd to remember those days, but I'll see those pictures of our first show and just two acoustics, and you wanted to be off to the side. And I'm head down. Yeah. And, Uh, which was a dumb move because you're the same. My mom would put, my mom bought me a headset microphone. Yeah, I remember. And the reason she bought it was because I would pull away from the microphone. Yeah. She'd be like, you gotta, you gotta put your mouth on the microphone. I'd be like, I know, I know. But I was so sheepish. Yeah. So it's interesting to think about. So she, so she she figured she bought me the headset mic. I couldn't get away from it. It's attached to my face. <laughs> and who used that mic for years to come? That would be you, John. I did. And this is back in the day when they were big, too. It was a big old sham wow salesman headset yeah. mic. Well, the kids always call it the Britney mic. Or Garth Brooks. You had a Garth yeah. Brooks. Yeah, he has the one. The one that come way out and around. That's the one he had. Oh, it's like yeah. a big hoop. Yeah. Hula hoop looking thing. It's like a retainer is going to be on the end of it. Well, they're like shooting them out from under the stage and stuff. He needed that thing to really be robust. That's true. You yeah. know, like, so it wouldn't just. I would use it to speak a lot because I liked. I, I hate lapels. Yeah. Uh, lapel mics. I just. I, I need like. Well, they're right, not good to sing into anyway. Nobody ever sings through a lapel. No, but even as a speaker, you don't have the same dynamics. I like to be able to lean into a mic or out of a mic. Lapels have come a long way, John. I think you need to give them another chance. I use Countryman now. Do you? Um, oh, the one that like touches your face? It's yeah, like peach little, colored. It's real it's real small. Is it skin colored? Yeah. yeah. And they're a little actually ours is black, but they're they're finicky. Yeah. They don't stay in your head like of course right now apparently the, the little head thing broke and it's just been taped. And oh so, boy. And so it's been taped to Andrew's head. Send your tithes and offerings too. It's been retaped to, to the size of Andrew's ears, which yeah. I have a pretty small head. But I think Andrew's head is. Oh, you're blaming than the ears? Yeah, so no, it doesn't. It's you're not going after Andrew's big old jug handle no, it's ears. Not his ears. Oh, okay. It goes. Oh, it's the size of his. I thought you were saying the circumference like, of his head. I thought you were ask, acting like he distended and distorted. No, and frankly broke the headset. He mic. has just he has put the tape on it to size it to his oh, particular head, and I don't think one size fits all here because normally which whose head whose head is bigger? I think Andrews is a little. So you're saying in essence that he it was. Actually, you're having actually, to like, no, I think mine's bigger. I think okay, you're having to mold little, it. Yeah, I'm not getting it quite where I want it to be, and I'm sick of it. I'm starting I'm, a new beef here. This is why I've gone 
to the public airways. Yeah. Uh, Something's got to be done. If you Why guys, don't you just each have your own? I'll never work, Tony. You don't think? <laughs> well, we could. but And then only, you just plug it into the pack every week. There's only two of us. Yeah. Surely we can share a mic. I just what I need, Dane, mm-hmm. if you're listening, okay. is order us the new mic, the the new thing that is not broken. The yeah, the harness. Yeah, because there some of them you probably do the this. saddle. What is, one I don't that know what just goes called. into your ear. Yeah, and it won't stay. Yeah, but that we have the wraparound head thing that comes around to the other ear. That you we don't know what we're talking it. about. Yeah. We never do. That's the thing about this show. We have to remember. You know, Curry listened to last week's episode, and she's like. These Disney people are coming after y'all because we're talking about octopuses and octopi and squid. And and I looked it up, though. A lot of people think that Ursula is an octopus and she's a squid. Squid evidently have six tentacles. Octopi have eight. So that's the difference. But I thought in the live action that she was now. But here's the deal. Do you know that she wasn't like the original Hans Christian Andersen Little Mermaid story? She was like a side character at best. So it's in some other fan fiction that huh. Ursula became the the villain. And because Curry was asking me, she goes, now that I think about it, because she loves it more than anything, Little Mermaid, she knows all about it. She goes, why is Ursula a squid? It doesn't make any sense. Right, she's, she's the, the aunt. Sister. What kind of, well, evidently in one of those fanfic, uh, you know, comics or whatever, she used the power of the trident to make herself not like them. Interesting. She made herself into a supervillain using the powers. Like you do. As you do. Just like you've made yourself a boss-level villain. Yeah. You should have done better by yourself, by the way. When you have unlimited powers... This is what I chose. Why would you choose this? It's like I wasted a wish on the genie. You really did. It's like, I don't know, can I get a hamburger? You're like, like can I be nearsighted? And you're like, I guess... <laughs> If you want, <laughs> sure. Oh, uh, it's fine. You look great. good in glasses, though. Well, thanks. I don't feel like I look good in my glasses. I, I need to wear them more. I'm supposed to wear them when I drive. But then they tell you not to put them in your car. Have you ever had this? No. Because of the heat. Evidently, the, the extreme heat's bad for the lenses. Oh. And so I go, well, if I don't have them in my car, they're not going to be worn. Because right. I'll forget to take them out of the They're just going to be left in restaurants. It's bad. I know this is a first world Yes. Privileged thing to say, but to me, the burden of just make a better lens. Yeah, like I need you guys to make a lens. I need you to make a resistant. Like, what's the deal? It gets hot in cars, though. You know that. I mean, it gets. I think it's a thousand degrees. You mean we can make a car that can drive itself, and you can't make a heat resistant lens for my glasses to be in there, guys? Here's what's here. Me being honest, I do keep my my glasses in the car, and I've seen no damage. Right. But it well, could be that they're degrading over time, and I'm just slowly. I'm going to run into a tree well, in a minute. To yeah. your defense, maybe you're not seeing well. Yeah. You see no damage because you can't see real well. Are you still in here right now? <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, the car, you're right. The car needs to. We can make a car that does all that. Make me a better. I don't know. Okay, you have We're a hybrid. We're frustrated with our product. Here's what we need. Yeah. You have a hybrid, mm-hmm. and it has like this extra battery storage of energy. Mm hmm. And it needs to keep. Don't a, throw your science jargon at me. <laughs> it needs to. You seem to have a clear understanding. Use that power, yeah. all the time to keep like a refrigerated little compartment. Or yeah, the little the little pop down sunglasses case should be yeah. like there's a fan Cooled. on it. There's well, an extra little vent. But see, it needs more than that. Yeah, because it's when the car's off, yeah. it needs to still. It needs to like keep it at like fifty degrees or whatever. That's what I don't know do. how you would. It's tiny. It's a little bit of draw off the battery. Uh huh. 
Bro, do you plug up your car? You don't. No, no. So it's the gas produ- the gas produces. Yeah. yeah, okay. It's just got extra. I don't know how it works, John. I'm not going <laughs> to pretend I know. <laughs> There's a tiny hamster running on a wheel down there for all I know. That's one of my greatest like uh, metaphors of faith to me. Okay. Because, you know, supposedly I'm a thinker and a skeptic and all these things, but I get in my car all the time and just turn the key. Yeah. And I know a little bit about cars. My dad, you know, we, we, we would fix cars. If our car is broken, we'd fix it ourselves generally. So I, I can do a few things. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly worked on lawnmowers a lot. But for the most part, when I just pull up the hood, there's a lot of things happening under there that I don't concern myself with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yet I have like this, I have a role. Right. Turn the key. But you know enough to know what's beyond your purview. Right. You're like, I'm not going down there where that belt's going. No. No. I have no idea what's happening there. Yeah. And it's okay that I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think there's just like, at some point in time, they're so, and they're getting more and more complicated now where you can't fix your car. They are. You know, we were in, so we're in New Mexico uh, two weeks ago. We talked about it. Uh, I was out in near Roswell. But we flew into Midland, Texas, which is the high desert, basically. It's mm-hmm. where uh, Friday Night Lights okay. is Midland, Odessa. So the Odessa Permian Panthers, which is the team that the whole thing's based on, yeah. is a real thing. And that's where they are. So it's it's just oil wells and then the little flames. Have you ever seen oil rigs with the flames coming off the end yeah. or burning off something? Yeah. They so those are light. Nat- they burn off the natural gas. So it's top, getting yeah. like dusk, dusky, and we're about an hour from the airport where we picked up the car we're driving three hours to artesia new mexico where our hotel was it's getting dusky i'm like okay and then we start hearing the i was like oh no and we're in this little honda fit oh tiny car and which now that's in my new bit about because i talk about rental cars and how they put you in these tiny cars you could pull back on the kitchen floor and let it go and i have a picture now of some other cars i've rented i put on the screen but I'm going to start using that one because it's perfect. Because I was like, because I said it the next day, I was like, they gave me this Honda Fit, more like Johnny don't fit. So anyway, <laughs> so I'm in this tiny car and it starts making a noise. And they, I mean, I'm telling you, these wheels on this car are like personal pan pizzas. <laughs> They're like 12 inch tires. They're like the donut tires whenever you blow a tire. Yes. Right. So you can't get it. So I'm like, does this? The, and it's only at a certain speed. And I'm like, oh no, we're too far to go back because I'm like, we're gonna, we're, we're, we're exhausted. We've been traveling all day. We're exhausted. I'm like, let's just keep going. But then my brother, we pull over. Then he goes, I'll drive. He gets in. He gets like 70 miles an hour. And it's just, I mean, it's a desert road. There's nobody for miles, farms and oil rigs. And then I'm like, let's pull over again. Pull over again. I'm trying to get under the car. The tar- car is so low to the ground. You can't see underneath because I'm like, if the, if the tires are damaged or if I have a flat, I want to know, or if it's like a, you know, a, a, it's out of balance or whatever, if I'm getting ready to have a blowout and we get under and the shielding, you know, the plastic shielding or whatever uh-huh. has come loose from some other, you know, when you curb a taut, when you curb yeah. a car or whatever in the front, it tears those little bolt, those little plastic push pins yeah so it was coming down a little bit and then when you get to a certain speed the wind gets under and starts making it flap gotcha. so it's just flapping but i was like well i can't fix this it's just going to come all the way off Eventually. when we hit and then it's going then it will damage the tire because it's going to just random plastic shards are flying everywhere so i figured the only thing i can do is just to tear this entire like housing down off of the car wow. and just put it in the trunk or whatever put it in the hatchback and then I realized 
no, that's not going to work either. I got it all the way loose except for one like actual bolt. Mm. And I don't have any tools. So now we're laying on a thousand degree, you know, asphalt. Whose fault? Yeah. Oh, sorry. In Texas. And I can't get underneath to get a grip on the little thumb oh, screw. There's nothing more frustrating than not having the right tool. So I literally went and got the jack of the car, jacked the car up, a little scissor jack. Yeah. Ugh. Get it about, you know, another foot in the air. And the cars are just gunning it by us at 80 miles an hour, 85 miles, because the speed limit was 75. So people are going by me at 85. Yeah. Just, and it's shaking this little car. We're underneath it. Oh, okay. And finally, my, my, I just... My sixiness is really struggling yeah, here. Fi- if you want if you, <laughs> my... And you think I'm 60. <laughs> come on, baby. Let me know. That's your new book. <laughs> anyway, I, we, I finally just tear this thing off. So now there's just like a gouged... Oh, no. Torn spot on this. I was like, "Well, this is going to be interesting." I hope the rental company is not listening. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because now I'm like, "Well, this isn't my fault. I'm just now trying to like drive this car." Right. And I it's not like to the judge. And so, and of course, when we returned the car, like the whole weekend, I was like, "Now I got to return this car and like explain." But it's one of these airports where it's so small, you just turn in the key. There's nobody there. It's a drop box. So I'm just waiting to hear from Hertz. So you haven't talked to anybody. No, I'm waiting to hear from Hertz. But I, I kept the shield, like I put it in the underneath the little flap of the where the emergency kit goes. But I kind of just put it under there. So I'm like, well, you know, next time they go to change the oil, they're going to see that this little plastic shielding is missing, and they're either going to be like, where is it? Who who is it? Wow. And I guess so, it'll just be a random charge to my credit card. But I didn't do anything wrong. Did you get the extra coverage? No. Because your insurance probably My insurance covers it, and then I think my credit card covers like deductibles and stuff, too. But I don't want to deal with the headache of it, but I will. Wow. If I need to. Should I have have, like chased down a person and been like, hey. If you couldn't find anybody. Yeah, it was a thing. Maybe you could send us an email. But I mean, really... Yeah. The problem was is the car was already messed up. The car was already messed up when I got it. And I just... Once we got got up to highway speeds, we realized this flapping is an issue. Yeah. But it was it was enough that I was like really alarmed. I was like, are we, are we getting ready to lose a wheel? Yeah. It was that kind of noise. But uh, have you ever had a rental car uh, problem? Have you ever wrecked a rental car? I'm, I've not wrecked yeah. a rental car. Um, I remember when we first moved to Mount Juliet, I rented a van for camp or something. Yeah. And I think we rented from a place called Rent-A-Wreck. Yeah, or Rent-A-Dent. Yeah. And Rent-A-Wreck. It was... You're buying like a car that's yeah. got issues. And they, though, well, I learned that the hard way. I think I learned in Knoxville, actually, the hard way. It, they were like, make sure you, you know, take a look at everything before you go. <laughs> so I brought it back. And then they tried to act like that I had put a bunch of dents uh, in it. Oh, right. I was like, guys, you're called Rent-A-Wreck. Yeah. But, it, you know, and that's back before you had a phone or a camera on your phone. Mm-hmm. It's like they wanted you to somehow, so that, yeah. well, we see this dent here. It's like, guys, we didn't touch a thing. Did they Did they stay with you on it or did they just like, I, well, okay. I, we that's one of those moments where my. Inner, you're like, I promised you do not want to find Yeah, it was. This. I was like, guys, we're not paying you anything. Oh, this is, you know, like, we're just not doing it. You guys are trying to hustle us. You've got to stay firm with these people, John. I, I did, man. You and have got did we to. Pay? We did not. Is there a lien on my house right now? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a problem with my credit score? Perhaps. <laughs> it's fun. I don't know. But, you know, John, uh, it's fun to kind of look back uh, at trips gone by. Oh, my goodness. And I think that's what we're going to do now. We're going to look back at uh, maybe other people's trips, other people's past lives. Oh, wow. It's a segment we like to call Talk About Then. 
apologize for that segue. That, that was, was terrible. Good. It was, that was not good. Don't change a thing. <laughs> that was a bad segue. This is a weird one, and I'm only going to share it because we've, we've been kind of downers on this. A lot of these news stories I'm finding on this site, This Week in History, are like total bummers. But this one has a little bit of a trivia that I think was interesting. Uh, this was the day the clowns cried, John. I know we have our own friend, uh, Pastor Roy, our, uh, uh, who recently retired, our children's pastor for many years and dear friend, who was a carny. He worked for Carnival, and yeah. so he knew circus folk. So we had a couple circus stories the last couple of episodes. Yeah. This one I did not know about. The worst tragedy in American circus history occurs when the big top ten at Ringling Brothers and Barnum & Bailey Circus. This is 1944. This week, 1944. It caught fire during a performance to a crowd of over 6,000. And there were 168 deaths, 700 injuries, but most of them were caused by the trampling as people stampeded out. Wow. Won't that preach? Come on now. Sometimes it's not the fire, John. Mm. It's you running and you're you're out of order. You're 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 in the chaos. Yeah. You're not listening oh. to the. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Anyway, it was bad. That's awful. Arson was suspected as the cause, so who knows what that was about? Maybe people trying to get the insurance money or something. But Why would co- you do it while people were there? Then I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe it was somebody that was mad at the circus. Maybe like a disgruntled performer was the wow. the culprit. Has never been determined. So this is an unsolved crime. A photo was taken of the famous clown Emmett Kelly in sad tramp makeup, holding a bucket of water, causing the event to become known as the day the clowns cried. This is the trivia, though. Thirteen-year-old future actor Charles Nelson Riley was one of the survivors. So as a kid. Huh. Which you don't, he's probably, this is where generate, this is like the weird timeline of our ages together. Yeah. I grew up watching the old game show network. Charles Nelson Riley was the guy who would twist his glasses and go, Mm-mm-mm-mm. he was on the love boat a lot. He was on uh, Hollywood Squares. Okay. And uh, he was like a character actor of the day. But he was just a 13 year old kid. He was in the, he was in attendance wow. as a boy, survived it. Wow. And I don't know, it was in, it's built into, it's his origin story, maybe. Wow. It's, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. I'm going. I'm trying to find one that's not as sad. I'm going to keep going. Yeah, I've got. Well, there's one on Anne Frank. I'm just going to skip the just, Anne Frank and the Jackie Robinson one. Yeah. Uh, we're going. Oh, the first all talking motion picture, the talkies. Oh. Which they were afraid would not be a thing. You know, they were like because silent movies. It wasn't like we were waiting on talkies to be a thing. It was like silent movies were all we knew. So we're like, so when they were like, we could have audio in the no. Well, why would you need it? Yeah. So it was hard to get it to take hold or in the ideas of uh, these, some of these uh, businesses uh, that, that were trying to make money on movies. So the first all-talking full-length feature film, The Lights of New York, premieres in New York City at a cost of $23,000 to produce. It grossed over a million dollars and proved the theatrical value of talkies. By the end of 1929, Hollywood was producing sound films almost exclusively. So It's a quick turn, yeah. The first, uh, the first talking. It's crazy what you think you don't need yeah. because of what you already have. Now that, Tony. Mm. Mm. Won't that? But within a decade, everything 1787, John, the first U.S. coin. Uh, do you want to take a guess what the first coin was? What the uh, denomination, maybe? Uh, the denomination of the first coin? Yeah. Okay, is it... 1787. Riddle me this. Is it an actual coin like we have today, or is it a different... Uh, kind. It is. It is. It is a similar denomination to what we have today. Similar is the and the, same con- name. the Continental Congress uh, put this together. They approved it. Rather, it was the design of this coin. Because I was going to say it was like a. The creation of the coin had been authorized. Uh, it wasn't like previous a April. Or something. It was inspired by Benjamin Franklin's works and became known as the Franklin nickel cent cent. So the one cent coin. Well, you got to think about our economy at the time. 
a nickel would have been probably you wanted average people to be able to use it, so a penny probably yeah. made more more sense. Come John. on now. <sighs> okay, boy, I apologize. By the way, but, I'd like to say something about yeah. We just celebrated the Fourth of July, mm-hmm. which everyone says is our Independence Day, and it really bothers me. Oh boy, because that's not the day of our independence. Oh, you're going to go all July Fourth, seventeen seventy six is the day that we declared. Yes, and then there was a war that had to be fought. It wasn't until so. Late. Why don't we celebrate the actual day right. then? Why don't we not celebrate the day we won the war? That's an interesting. What, what day was that, John? Uh, you don't remember? Seven, and that's you're part I of the problem. I want to say it was July as well, but it was maybe not. But it was like seventeen. But either it was like eighty, eighty one, eighty two. I don't know. You know what I could. So here's a. Here, let me tell you about this coin though. The combination of the words "fugio," which is Latin for "I fly," the sundial, and the message. This is the best message ever on a coin. What do you think the message would have been on a coin? That was inspired by Benjamin Franklin's works. So this is not an "In God We Trust" slogan. Is something about a turkey? No. Oh. Mind your business. Wow. Was literally on the coin. Huh. I don't think it was meant as snarkily as maybe it meant just like this is meant for business. This is for business. Uh, but mind your business feels very like mind your business. Mind, mind your business. <laughs> that runs me one of my favorite street jokes. Uh, I don't know if you've ever ever told you this one or ever told it on the show, but one of my favorite street jokes is there's a guy, he's sitting in uh, like a a waffle house or something, and he sees this other guy eating, and he's trying to find something healthy on the menu. And this guy's eating just biscuits and gravy and all this stuff, just heaping helpings (laughs) of stuff. And he feels like, I'm going to go say something to this guy. He's, He's killing himself. He walks over to me and he goes, you know that stuff's horrible for you. And he goes, my dad ate this stuff uh, every day, and he lived to be 90. And the guy goes, from eating all that? And he goes, no, from minding his own business. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the, that's the, at the heart of that coin. It's just like, yeah. look, here's a penny. Get out of my face. By the Mind way, your I, business. I was right about the year. Yeah. We won the war in 1783. Okay. I think I said 82 or 83. Um, so you want to celebrate? It was September the 3rd, 1783. Is that was what's listed? I'm trying to think though if that's when we signed the treaty. Yeah, I believe it's the Treaty of Paris. Yeah, ratified September 3rd, 1783. Is when we so so technically you could go to when we won the last battle, which yeah. would have been Yorktown. I don't know, Johnny. I don't. Either. I'm just saying though, what if we had lost? This wouldn't have been. It's not. It's not Independence Day until you win it. Come on now. <laughs> Okay, finally, John. All right. Uh, John Paul Jones, born uh, this week, 1747, died 1792. Not a long life. Do you, do you know who John Paul Jones is, right? John. He was a Scottish-born naval officer Jones. known for his famous proclamation, which was in response for demands to him to surrender during a naval battle in 1779 during the American Revolution. So they demand he surrenders, and he says to them from his ship, Hoist ye mainsails. I have not yet begun, begun to, to fight. fight. It's a pretty good one. And That's like one of those, it sounds like it could be mythical. Yeah. It's so good. Or either that or like you had it in your pocket. Right. Like you go, if ever we get captured. He's telling his <laughs> wife, he's telling his wife like in, in bed. Yeah. He's like, I got to go to war. But just so you know. I've got a zinger. If they ever capture us, and she goes, "Let me hear it," and then he tells her, and she goes, "That's, That's good." good. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? It's very Michael Scottish. It is. He's got Michael Scottish. Yeah. And he was a Scot- yeah, He was a Scot. It's, but that like idea, I'm holding on to something. That was a great Seinfeld episode. I think it would be good if you live in that era and you know you might be asked to go to battle. To yeah. have like, have I need some famous last words. Yeah. I need something in my back pocket. Because you don't want to go out and be in this like, oh, it hurts. Like, you don't need that. <laughs> You need something that's going to be profound. <laughs> His last words were, oh, it hurts. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they put it on their tombstone. It's like, uh, there's a great line from that movie, uh, Real Genius with Val Kilmer, which is a complete classic from the 80s. If you've never seen it. It's like one of my favorite movies ever. But he says, uh, he's really despondent in the movie at one point. And they go, what's going on? He goes, I'm reminded of the immortal, in the immortal words of, of uh, what is it? Uh, who was poisoned with... Uh, Socrates. Socrates. Right? I'm reminded of the immortal words of Socrates who said, I drink what? <laughs> it's so great. But yes. Because uh, he drank so, hemlock. He drank yeah. hemlock. They yeah. made him drink hemlock. Yeah. Uh, they made him commit suicide, basically. Mm. That's a weird thing. When you're like, we're not going to execute you, you're going to execute you yeah. at gunpoint <laughs> like, or whatever. It would have uh, been gunpoint, I guess. going to? Yeah. They'd be like, no, no. Um, have a sip. Yeah. But yeah, so but yeah, you need one of those. I've not yet begun to fight, man. Oh, that's great. That's just and that's, that's you want to be brave. When I was going to catch those three boys, that's what I would, would have said, right? That'd be like, hey, I, hey, you guys, I have not yet begun to fight <laughs> because truthfully, I don't know how. Mm-hmm. I would have left that last part out. Yeah, but and then they would have or wailed I, on. I would have been getting beat up and say, hey, guys, I have not yet begun to fight. They're like, we can tell. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, what if it was like a really awful fighter? This is the whole thing is like, what what if like it's brave sounding, but he was a really horrible, yeah, shipman. Well, that's like the old story of like the guy that goes, man, I got in a fight the other day, and it was six on one. We beat the pants off that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love jokes like that. Yeah, it's a great misdirection. Oh, it's great. But Do you know why you don't have to be misdirected? No, you could be directed straight to talkaboutthatpodcast.com. dot com. Where you can find archived episodes. Uh, oh, so many to listen to. Yeah. I know many of you are on your vacations. Ugh. You're wheeling your way down to sunny Florida uh, to get mutual sunburns. Many, many sunburns. Uh, but uh, while you do that, listen to the old episodes. If you want to support the show, go to talkaboutthatpodcast.com. There's a little button in the upper right corner there. That's how you can get ad-free content. And uh, we love it. We love people to support the show. We love our patrons. Yes, it means a lot to us. They patronize uh, us. Wait. We also really do love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hear from listeners all the time, and it's always a, a fun thing. So let us know what you enjoy about the show by leaving a review so others can find it. But also, you can email us. You can email me if you want, john at johndriver.com. Or you could email Johnny, john Johnny. at com. <laughs> <laughs> Do you give out your email address? I don't know. I don't care. Uh, you don't. It's fine. My website's johnnyw.com. Oh. So. J-O-N-N-I-E. Yeah. No H. Have you gone and bought J-O-H-N-N-Y? I think I'm to the point now where if you write in the H, it directs to me, or it, okay. it'll be in the Google results of it. Well, you need the own that That's URL when you know you've made it. Direct, yeah. Yeah. Is what people can't spell your name. I right. had a weird Google moment the other day, though, and uh, it was strange because if you, if you ever Googled your name? Yeah, it's a it's a kind of a humbling thing sometimes because it'll be like the, the words that come at the suggested words that come after it. You sometimes it'll say like net worth. That's a weird one. Sometimes it'll say wife. I think people are looking to see if I if I'm married or if I have a wife. And what's funny is 
there are images that'll pop up. Johnny W. Wife. Two of them were of my actual wife, Curry. Two of them were of another woman's or, or another woman, another man's wife, who is a blonde person. <laughs> and the reason is, I, Curry and I did a podcast. And it's called The Comedian's Wife wow. with my friend Leland Clausen, who's a comedian out of Canada, who's done our church a couple times. Great comic. And his wife, uh, Carrie, I think is her name. She has uh, a podcast called The Comedian's Wife. So when it says Johnny W. Wife, it pulls these images. So it looks like I have two wives. If you One Google, named Curry, one named Carrie. Yeah. Wow. So that's what well, I, I just did it, by the way. For yeah. Me. Yeah. It came up. John Driver, Missouri. Oh, yeah. Don't know what that is. Okay. Then it has me, John Driver author. I'm the third thing down. That's okay. Then John Driver Facebook. John Driver obituary. That's scary. Oh. John Driver poker. John Driver heretic. John Driver PA. And then this is interesting. John Driver king of Prussia, Pennsylvania. And then another one. John Driver king of Prussia. I got to know. Well, king of Prussia, you know, is a city. Yeah. It's a town in Pennsylvania near Philly. So I guess so. It's a, not saying you're the king of Prussia, no, Johnny. I think maybe I just discovered <laughs> you're from royalty. <laughs> this, and then there's John Driver Pastor at the bottom. Yeah, interesting. What is John Driver King of Prussia though? There must be there some. Must be a guy. Must there. be a business owner or somebody in the community. Uh, driver on yeah, April 18th, 2023 was 65. Mister Driver, John F. Driver of King of Prussia was born in Philadelphia and he died. This is obituary. Oh wow! Look at that. Interesting. Your namesake. You should be a, a John, John F. Driver, like a yeah. Frank, maybe. John C. John C. Driver's not working for you, man. It's, it's not. It's too late. It's not doing anything for um, you. I'm already here. There's nothing I can do about it now. Yeah, it's everywhere. So yeah. But guys, <laughs> I'm not we're making, glad you're here. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not making a cheesy segue here. We're just, <laughs> we're just gonna say bye this time. <laughs> it's fun every week, though. It is. It means a lot to us, and we'll we're gonna do it again, Johnny, mm-hmm. next week. On talk about that. Hello, my name's Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there.